Welcome to the Binge Breakers Podcast. I'm Jacqueline. I am here to teach you how I overcame bulimia and my binge eating disorder, and how you can too. Through simple steps of mind management, repairing your relationship with yourself, understanding your habits, and intuitive eating. Disclaimer. This recording is not intended to be utilized as medical advice or a medical diagnosis. If you think you're in need of medical attention or treatment, please seek it immediately. This recording will also contain sensitive subjects such as binging and purging, weight and depression. Please listen at your own discretion and do what you think is best for you. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. Today I have on a very special guest, Renee Sager. She's been on the podcast before and she just had a baby, an emergency C-section baby. She didn't have a cervix and it was premature. So she is on the podcast today to talk with me about it, her perspectives on what it's like to have a kid and so early and the unexpected things and how surprisingly easy it's been, even though she's her kid is in the NICU, obviously. And her experience with that, and then also uh, her experience with her body changing, and just she just defies expectations. So this interview is good, although I want to say uh, briefly, unfortunately, I did not realize this. Uh, Renee did not say anything, so she must not have noticed, but there's an echo on my mic the whole time during the interview, which thankfully, I was very tired this that morning. So Renee talked more than me, and I debated whether or not putting to put out this interview, and I'm still going to for the following reasons. It's a very valuable episode, but just be aware. I'm, I'm so sorry that my mic is echoing for this episode. Just grin and bear it. Fast forward through my parts if you must, but I want to have this interview out there. And the reason being is Renee's just a one-of-a-kind gal, and <laughs> this is going to sound so bad, uh, but when I initially met Renee, she triggered me, and I hated that she triggered me because I don't like like the the term getting triggered. I feel like, you know, we're responsible for our emotions. People don't trigger us. We are the ones that get to choose what we think, that sort of stuff. But I think Renee triggered me initially because she was just so bold and so comfortable and so confident in her opinions and doing what she wanted to do. And she's still that way today. And I got to say, I went into, and, and eventually after being triggered by her, I was kind of like, oh, she's really awesome. And her opinions make a lot of sense. And she triggered me because she disagreed with some of my opinions. And I realized that's my work to do. Like she's confident in her attitudes with things. I need to be confident with mine. So she's taught me a lot and I watched her work and her business grow. And I got to say, I look up to Renee a lot as a fellow coach and just a human being. And uh, we've had conversations outside of this. So she's a really great gal. I've never hired her professionally as a coach, but I almost see her as a mentor slash coach in some ways. But anyway, and then this podcast came around and I knew she had just had a baby and she reached out me out to me because she's like, I am busy right now, not enough time to record podcast episodes. Do you want to do an interview? And I said, sure. But I expected her to get on the call being like, oh, it's been so difficult, so hard. And here are the uh, problems that I've been having, having this child and all that sort of stuff and body image issues. And there was none of that. Really came in again not meeting my expectations and completely hurling my opinion of what being a mom was, I meant. And it actually brought a lot of relief. This interview was quite transformative for me too, because part of it's, I've never been someone who dreamed of having kids. That's never been me. If anything, I always dreamed that I would never ever in my life have, have a child. 
that has slowly altered as I've gotten older. And I'm still not 100% sure that I want to have a kid. The part of me does. But I think the parts of me that are most resistant to having a kid is just the physical issues you have to go through and also the time it takes away from your life. And I don't call me selfish, but I really like having a life where all I have to do is take care of a dog and have my relationship. I like being selfish, if that's what you want to call it. That's the dogma that, you know, the opposite side of like, oh, if you don't have a kid, you're selfish. But whatever you want to call it, I do enjoy that. And so to see Renee, as you'll hear in this interview, having a child and actually having a really good time, still thriving in her business, still doing the things she wants to do, having autonomy. um, I think it's really inspiring for us women out there that think, we can't have a child until things are all fully aligned and everything has to be perfect. And if you do have a child, you're going to have to sacrifice everything. I think that's the undertone that has been in my mind for a while that I'm trying to work through. I still work to do on it. But Renee, her being herself on there and talking about things she talked about was actually really healing for me. And and let me feel relief for the idea of possibly having a kid someday, because if I do, it doesn't mean I have to sacrifice everything in order to have a kid, which is not something I want to do. So yeah, uh, for those of you guys that are really resistant to having kids, um, but kind of want to, like, there's a little part of you, I would highly recommend this episode, even with the echo that you're about to hear. So if you, uh, so I'm going to leave that here. Enjoy this episode. Please ignore my echoing. And thank you, Renee, if you're listening to this for being on the podcast. Uh, and also we just, uh, really quickly, we just did the challenge right now. It's happening actually. So this Friday is the last day of the free challenge. We had 220 people sign up for the challenge, which is crazy. It was so much fun. Um, I'm saying it as if it's over. It's still happening right now. But the past two days have been really fun. I've been enjoying it. Um, we're about to enter the next phase of the challenge. And I think I did a great job with this challenge of making it, setting people's expectations for, hey, it's okay if you binge. It's okay if you make mistakes. This is not about being perfect. This is about you learning. And I also sent out an email being like, here's how to make the most out of the challenge. Here's how to guide yourself through it. I feel like I helped people learn better. <laughs> and so people have been showing up to the challenge with different attitudes than last year. And it's been really helpful. And it's been fun to do it for free. And the point of the challenge is, of course, to educate people. But it's also if you want to join my Bulimia Breakup Program, you can, and you get a special discount when you join the challenge. But even if people don't join that, it's been great to watch people and give value to the community. And it's been very enriching. And the people that do come with me into the Bulimia Breakup Program, which I think they should because if they want to recover, that's the best place to do it. But the people that are coming, I'm excited for them to join. But I've also just been enjoying hosting the challenge. So yeah, anyway. I'm going to be hosting more free things this month. I'm getting into a system and routine with that. So keep an eye out. There'll probably be another free group coaching call and a free challenge at some point this month, more likely at the end of the month rather than the beginning of the month, because I am I am freaking tired. <laughs> this has been a lot. Transformative month. But anyway, please enjoy this podcast episode with Renee. Bye, everyone. Yeah, I've been really good, actually. Um you know, everyone, I actually, my podcast coming out tomorrow is the comment that I've gotten incessantly is it must be so hard. And after like 15 mm -hmm. times of hearing that, I was like, should it be hard? Like, should I be having a harder time than I am? Because everyone was saying it. And I was just like, 
I must be doing something wrong because I'm not having a hard time um, with my baby being in the NICU with, I mean, with any of it, it's just kind of like, I, and I'm very shocked by that. I mean, because I'm like a nine hour a sleep, nine hour a night sleep person. And so when you have to get up every three <laughs> hours to pump, I can't believe how well I'm doing with that. The sleep thing, that was my biggest fear. But then like having the baby in the NICU, aside from like having to drive there every day, or multiple times a day. That's annoying. But like, he's doing great. It's given us time to set up stuff here. I mean, it's all been pretty good. <laughs> that's, so that's really, yeah. really helpful to hear. Um, especially for someone who's fears about, about I, 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 I kind of, I want to be a mom, be a mom so I think, but, but I'm hesitant and it's the hesitancy is from how hard it seems to be. Yeah. What do you think is making it not so hard for you? Do you, do you think it's the circumstances of having a supportive life around you or, or are you just not making it hard? What do you think it is? it is? Well, I don't really have that much support around me. I don't have any family here. Um, so I don't, you know, it's, it's not like I have in-laws or my parents or siblings to come, you know, do stuff for me. I think the biggest thing is um, like just, we put so much pressure, you know, whether it's food and body, whether it's our business, whether it's whatever to like have everything look a certain way. And I think I've just really done a lot of work in the past on just learning how to chill the hell out because I don't, I can't afford to not, you know, it's so easy mm -hmm. to like cling like, okay, my house has to look this way and I have to breastfeed and it has to be this way. And my business has to maintain this certain level. And I, <laughs> you know, it's just that anxiety. And I just, I'm like, it doesn't matter because nothing ever goes the way that we think it's going to go anyway. So it's just like, I don't know, I'm going to go see the kid in the NICU and then he's going to get out and then we're going to keep rolling with it. And I just, you know, I just don't set those expectations for myself anymore because I know I never stop. I never stop progressing. I never stop evolving. I never stop trying. So it's like, I don't know why just, can we just chill out and be in the moment, you know? And I think that that's been a huge part of it because I mean, even having the baby, it was a month and a half early, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, talk about, I mean, I wasn't ready for anything and you know, the NICU nurses. And even when I was having the C-section, they kept saying like, you seem so calm. Are you doing okay? Are you really calm? Are you, you doing okay? Panicking. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, no, I'm fine. Like, honestly, I'm fine. And people have said that too. Like, you must be freaking out. I know you're saying you're okay, but I know that you're not. I'm like, listen, no, you don't. And if I weren't, I would say something. I'm a big girl. I know how to speak up for myself at this point. I'm yeah. good. You know? Yeah, and so like I those think people don't, don't act actually or something thing because yes, they didn't say yeah. those things. Yeah. So I feel like a, a big part of maintaining my sanity is just having these realistic expectations of myself, you know, not, I mean, yeah, I think that that's the thing. Yeah. I like that you say you don't know what's going to happen anyway. And you're right, right. You plan all you want, but with a baby, they could cuddly, they could, they could have complications. They could just, you know, you read, you, I'm sure there's a million books on babies and what you should be doing, but I they're all one. different. I haven't read oh one. God. What? How, how how are you taking taking care of me? Do you, do you just know what to do? <laughs> uh, no, I don't know what to do, but I know myself, and I know if I read those books, I'm going to be psychotic. Oh, okay. Yeah, I would be psychotic, but I would read those books. Books. I would read two. I can't. 
I can't because it, it it's it, it, Google it when it happens, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I've I've been doing it as it comes. So, you know, um, the baby's not even here yet. So the nurses are teaching me like how to breastfeed and stuff. I don't need to read. I don't need to read. There are literally mm-hmm. nurses teaching me how to do that. When the baby comes home, I know I'm going to keep him on the same feeding schedule. At a certain point, I'm going to start looking up sleep training. At a certain point, I'm going to start looking up solid foods. But what Mm -hmm. we want to do is like, okay, sleep training, solid foods. Let's get them in preschool. Let's get them in kindergarten. Let's look at colleges. It's just like, ah, you know, that's how my brain goes. And so I just, I know myself well enough to know that I can't do that. Mm-hmm. And it is passing when you think of think about it. Uh, I'm a big list maker and plan and stuff like that. And I think it's serving there's a time for that. But I do notice when I do things I, where I get uh, uh, paralyzed is definitely when I think used to do every, every single thing all at once. It's, it's like, <sighs> no, you don't. And, and with the baby, you're right, you're right. There is such a, uh, like you said, I'm sure you don't have that much support, but when you go to the hospital, they'll they teach you things that you needed to know, Google when it happens. It's not like, and, and so many people have babies and are putting you know, whales effort in. So, so it's not like, it's, it's a bad thing. Um, yeah. but, that, but that's, it's good to hear. And I, I've been loving your posts about realistic things that happen like after your pregnancy you still have of the pregnancy belly and belly and sort of stuff it's just been so real and refreshing which has always been your page but this yeah. is a whole new level of pregnancy that i don't know you always see the st- stage photos photos of people looking like goddesses and this and stuff and <laughs> i think that's just too much <laughs> in a whole new pl- level but the, what you've been showing has been really refreshing yeah, I'm surprised. You know, I kind of was like, because I personally, when I didn't have a kid and then people had kids, I was like, oh, geez, shut up about it already. So I do try to be kind of aware about it. But um, there have been several business people that have been like, oh, my gosh, this is helpful for me because a big reason. And I think that that's when you're in your own business. It is terrifying to think about having a kid because you're like, I don't want to lose this. You know, I don't mm-hmm. want to lose what I'm building and creating and my income and my anonymity um, or my autonomy. And, you know, I think for that me for sure. Yeah, I think that that's it is. I've gotten several comments from like bad ass business owners that are like, oh, thank you for showing me that my life doesn't have to end just because I had a baby. And actually, this month has been by far my biggest income month in business for me like (laughs) by far yeah and it's like i didn't have a podcast for three weeks i wasn't you know i've been posting weird shit you know and it's just like again when we stop trying so hard and driving ourselves insane is when things usually work out so there's just no reason to tie yourself up in knots over it Mm -hmm. absolutely no i think a lot of people it's a shame that there's the narrative of you have, you have a baby or you have business a business or yes. you have a baby a baby everything perfect but that is what we think deep down mm-hmm. subconsciously so it's mm-hmm. been so bold of you to do those, those things and also you said something about when people who who don't really enjoy kids stuff get upset and they're like, like i got up about the baby i used to be one of those people i'm not someone who who blah. i don't I don't seek out baby content online i just don't really care you know not my Puppies, stage, yes, stage babies no <laughs> right but i used to be used to be so, oh my god another baby photo Ugh, like why are you guys so obsessed but as i've gotten older, older i'm like 
that's that was more about you, Jacqueline, than what it was about the people. You needed needed. They are happy. They're enjoying their lives. So if you're ever worried about posting that stuff, just know if people are upset. It's because they're better for some weird reason. We need to work on them. That's true. That's very very true. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So I've been dealing since you know, I'm all about bulimia, bulimia, aquarium, and body body activity, that sort of, sort of stuff. How then dealing with body changes? Well, like since having the baby, being pregnant, all that stuff. Ah, just anything that comes to mind. Yeah, um, I mean, it's been kind of cool, honestly. It's okay, been okay. it's been like kind of cool awesome. to just see your body. I mean, it it did. There were a couple times when I looked in the mirror because when I was healing my relationship with food too, there were definitely times where I looked in the mirror and I was like, who <laughs> is that person? Like I did not recognize what I saw in the mirror, like how I felt and how I thought I looked versus what the reflection was were not lining up at all. And so there, I mean, every, cause every, basically every single time you look in the mirror, something is different about your body. Your boobs are bigger. Your butt is bigger. Your stomach is bigger. Your belly button looks different. Like everything. And so I, every time I looked in the mirror, I was just like, holy shit, this is wild. Like it mm -hmm. really doesn't feel like my body. And I'm really living pretty much the exact same life. Like I was still working out. I was still eating relatively healthy, you know, like I wasn't going off the rails or anything. And I was just like, wow, my body's just doing this. And then you know what's I've been thinking about this a lot lately. So I feel like I have been I have feared the menopausal body since I was about 14 because I can remember my mom grabbing her belly and being like, "Oh, this is menopause and this is what happens and you gain this stomach mm -hmm. and blah, blah blah blah." So starting at 14, 30 years away from where I'll probably start menopause, I started freaking out about it. I was like, this is not going to be me. This is not going to yeah. be me. And so, uh, you know, for like the next 15 or so years, I was terrified of this menopausal body. And the same thing kind of happened with pregnancy. You know, I was like, oh my gosh, because you hear all these stories about it. it took me so long to get my body back and it's never been the same and it's ruined my body, blah, 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 blah. Like, I don't know, man my body just kind of went right back within a really pretty short period of time. Like my stomach mm -hmm. is still different. It's still a little swollen. I definitely have a scar. I'm not, you know, there, I'm not like how I was, was pre-baby or whatever. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's, mm -hmm. I, I also like, I'm wearing my pants and I'm feel good, you know? And so it's just, again, it's really helpful to just focus on yourself because you just never know What's going to happen? You know, I could have had myself freaking out the whole time about how am I going to get my body back post baby? Cause that's all you hear about in, mm -hmm. in magazines is like the six week plan, blah, 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 blah. And I literally have had no rush or urgency to work out again. In fact, it's been kind of nice not doing any exercise because it's like, wow, you have so much more time in your day. <laughs> you don't have to <laughs> go know. to the gym and work out. So that's been nice. Um, and yeah, and again, your body just kind of when you know how to listen to it and when you have like you're taking care of yourself and you can pay attention to your cues, it's like, oh, things are just doing what they need to do to repair themselves. Like my body feels really good and it's it's changed significantly over the last six months and I'm still here and it's all been really fine and pretty 
anticlimactic, honestly. I mean, it's been interesting to see how much it changes. And it's just, I feel like just even helped solidify more trust in my body that like you literally don't need to worry about it. Like it mm-hmm. just, it works out. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's really good to hear too. too. I think part of me, when you said my body went back, I wonder, I wonder if, if it's also because you were active, you've been active for a long time, working mm-hmm. out a long time. And then during the yeah. pregnancy, it sounds like you were active too. I find that, find that when people don't go too hard, but they, they, they keep some sort of regular routine. And like you said, listen to their intuitive signals. They, yeah. they usually moderately okay during pregnancy. Things change, change obviously, but then you right back into your, into your routine afterwards without too much, too much. I, I, you know, me. I, I had a coworker who had pregnancy it was the pregnancy from see from hell. I, I don't, <laughs> she, she, she couldn't eat anything, anything other than yogurt and peanut butter. And I would always see, see her desk just is the most painful sight. We just eating the front of those bits of, of butter and, and just so yeah. tired, tired in pain. And she almost died while giving birth. She had, she had been bleeding. That wasn't, wasn't stopping all her stuff. And then there a lot of recovery three times. Uh-huh. It's it's, re- it's refreshing to heal it, of course. Worse, it wasn't as bad bad for you, of course. Emergency C section was scary, but mm-hmm. things are getting out. But I do there also something too. Not not freaking out about the body, allowing change. But when you put put some pressure on, on it, it's got the same. It's almost like you think about doing the exact opposite. It's mm-hmm. like going on a diet, right? Saying these 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 the flakes aren't allowed, allowed, and you didn't give a shit about about frost flakes beforehand. And now, now all of a sudden, those those frosted flakes super good. I can't stop mm-hmm. thinking about them, and it almost mm-hmm. found these exact exact opposite way. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, it's just when we can relax and chill out. I mean, it's the truth for so many things in our lives. When we just chill out a little bit and and trust ourselves a little bit more, everything turns out fine. And even if it doesn't, even if it doesn't turn out fine, we can still handle it. We still handle Mm -hmm. it, right? Like there's just no point in turning yourself inside out for something that may or may not happen, right? Like you could live in fear. And and I very, I mean, I don't have a cervix, right? Like, I don't know. I could have died during my pregnancy. I don't know. I don't Mm -hmm. know. I lost a ton of blood three days in a row, back to back in the hospital. Mm-hmm. they still have no idea where it came from i'm like am i bleeding internally at this point like what how do you not know where all of this blood is coming from and it was just like i mean i don't know let it go i they're gonna they're gonna do their best to figure it out and me obsessing about it isn't gonna help test to mindset and i know you're saying slow and if things bad things happen you can handle it that sort of stuff but beforehand you were talking talking it almost seemed like you're painting the picture of it's but it's been it's been it's been in your pregnancy and it has been a lot of ways for you i'm not saying you're lying or that, you know you'll be one of those people where you're not okay but but i i could also see some someone in the exact same situation as you having a, been a million doubts about it but it are oh. anything but okay i mean losing blood not knowing being in the NICU, suddenly your routine, you have to drive to the hospital several times times a day, you have to get up, up several times per night. I And I know myself, maybe that's, that's where I work, work to, to do. I would be fixating all those things and wanting to know when is it going to get resolved and if, and if it's going to get resolved, how are we going to solve it? And you're just being really, really chill about it. And while you're making it seem so easy, I feel like it's taking you, you a lot of get to and you've done a great job of it. And I don't know, it's testing to your mindset. 
Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I mean, this is the same thing with the baby. So the baby's in the NICU and super healthy. And I was thinking about this this morning too. The only reason he's not home yet is because he doesn't, he's so young that he doesn't have the suck, swallow, uh, breathe Mm -hmm. reflex. So he can like suck, he can swallow, he can breathe, but he can't do them all together. And that's what you have to have to be able to nurse or be on a bottle. And I've noticed myself like a special, because it's been 20 days. He's 20. He's three weeks today. Um, And so it's been three weeks that he's been in the NICU. And I'm like, kind of, I'm like, okay, the first, you know, week and a half, that's fine. Week three, I'm like, let's get it together, (laughs) kid. Like, come on. I'm tired of, I'm tired of doing this. And I could feel myself getting kind of antsy and like, just kind of irritated. Like, oh my gosh, do something nurses. Like just send him home and give me the feeding. Cause he's on a feeding tube. I'll put it in. Like it's, I know how to do it. I've been doing it at the house, like changing, taking the feeding tube thing out. Mm-hmm. And so, the, but, and I catch myself and I'm like it, being mad and trying to force him to be ready before he is, isn't going to help. Like, it's not that he's never going to come home. He's going to come home. It's not that he's never going to learn how to suck, swallow, and breathe. He's going to learn how to do those things. You're just being antsy about it. You're just being, you know, you want it now, 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 which I'm very impatient. And so it's not that I'm like doing this perfectly, but when I do notice those angsty, frustrated, just Ugh, hurry up, I'm just like, okay, yep. And you just have to keep going to the hospital. Like a big thing for me is is tr- working really, really hard to stay in the day, in the moment, because naturally I, I like want to know everything. Mm-hmm. I want to plan everything. I want to know what's happening next. I want to just like psychotic. And so a big <laughs> thing for me is just, okay, you know, he's, he's there today. I don't know. Maybe he'll swallow tomorrow. The nurse messaged me this morning. He did the best on the bottle last night than he ever has. And it's just like, okay, like a lot of deep breathing and a lot of just, okay, this is all that matters. You're going to do this laundry and then you're going to go to the hospital and then you're going to come home and have lunch. And that's going to be where we're going to start. And it's just like, it sounds so like, elementary where it's just like, okay, Renee, you're okay. Take some breaths. And it's, but that's literally how I go through most of my life because I Mm -hmm. do tend to just operate at a really like kind of high level. And so I have to do a lot of that, just kind of grounding, bringing it back to the moment because my coping skills are binging and purging, drinking, being crazy, you know? And so it's just like, okay, this is what we're doing instead. This is what we're, so there's lots of redirecting. It's not that I don't have thoughts or I don't have panic or I don't have fears. It's just a lot of practice of just, okay, and here we are. This is what we're doing right now. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for describing that a lot. A lot of people I was just talking about some of my Instagram yesterday about, about doubt, but for you, it's kind of just worrying and trying to control everything and thinking when is this going to happen again and getting antsy. People think you have to get to get rid of those feelings or that you have that you have to change them or, you, or the goal is to never have them at all. And there, there are people that have told me, oh, I, I never have that issue anymore, but I don't believe them. I <laughs> I still have thoughts <laughs> all the time that are unhelpful, like like that, yeah. that, that feelings, whatever. And it's not quite the same as what you described, but it's my own grounding exercise of it's all right. Mm-hmm. All right. It's fine. I love how you almost said, it's okay. okay. Like you're going to murder someone, but it's, it's not okay. <laughs> But, but you have to just breathe, calm it down, and almost practice some radical acceptance because even though you're feeling those things, 
know about you being, being anxious especially with this situation is going to make your baby your baby come sooner he, he, right. he's not going to listen to that it doesn't really make any sense right so mm-hmm. you know also practice it's okay that you're feeling this i'm not judge you that you're feeling this but let's just do what we, we need to do and i do think some, sometimes taking it back back to the moment and just focusing on the mundane task like like this mean it was early in the morning in the morning made daylight savings time i'm like okay John, we're just gonna do this podcast it's like, it's all right you know, <laughs> it's yes. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I completely get it. I agree. Yeah. But no, I, I, and I think what's key is also not judging yourself for it because you sound like even though you've come a long way, your natural inclination is still to either buzz at high frequency or numb it out with other things or cope, yes. cope with like planning. I'm definitely, now that you're saying this, I'm realizing a lot about myself and that I may be an excessive planner. So, so I want to calm that down just a bit. <laughs> but, well, first of all, what, what's your baby's name? Miles. My, my, oh, that's a cute name. Well, yeah. the, the nice thing, thing about Miles too, with a baby, baby, I find that you almost have to practice, practice radical sense. And of course people don't, some people get through mm-hmm. without practicing that, but Sometimes with things in life, you feel like you have control over it, but with him being in the, in the, you absolutely don't. There's nothing you can do about it. So it's a perfect opportunity to just be like rolling with it. Mm-hmm. Well, even when he's out of the NICU, like that's true. he's still his own human being, right? Like, imagine your parents trying to control you. Like, oh, it doesn't really go well, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, yes, I'll do the best that I can to, like, guide him. And I will definitely, like we talked about, like, try to do some sleep training and try to help him, you know, get on a schedule and eat solid foods the way that he should and blah, 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 blah. But also, I have, like... He's just because I think it sounds like a great idea doesn't mean anything. I mean, I got this um, bassinet because you're supposed to have a bassinet when you have a baby. It's fucking huge. Um, but I had someone else that had the same bassinet and she's like, oh, my kid hated it. Absolutely hated it. And I was like, interesting, because it's like top rated, super great. Babies love it. And she's like, my kid would not do it. We ended up co-sleeping because he just he wanted nothing to do with it. And I'm I'm just like, cool. You know, mm-hmm. it just kind of that kind of puts it in my head instead of just this is gonna be the thing that's gonna keep us afloat and he's gonna sleep and it's gonna be amazing. It's like eh, there's a really strong possibility he's gonna want nothing to do with that, and then we're gonna have to improvise. And so it's like you you can still set the plan, but be willing to just like turn on a dime because it's not guaranteed like we i have no clue what he's gonna be like when he gets home i also may lose my shit when he gets home because i'm gonna be changing more diapers i'm gonna be doing more laundry right like i have no idea right now it feels relatively easy because i go i hang out with him for a few hours i come home the end but when he comes home like it could be completely different i just have no idea and i'm being really mindful of that like i'm not setting up a lot of appointments i'm not trying to get back to the gym i'm not i'm not booking myself with anything like i'm really setting myself up to just figure it out when it happens and then once i have a little bit of routine then i can kind of build a schedule around that mm-hmm. yeah no that's absolutely the smart thing to do have you the, a question that came to mind was have you received any criticism for working while going through this process doing doing your business stuff you know i was kind of waiting like anxiously awaiting yeah. some 
stuff because you, I hear this all the time from moms. Like, oh my gosh, people are, especially because I, I did work out when I was pregnant and I was like, come at me. Like I am ready for someone to say something about me at the gym. Like I was thinking of all my comebacks and everything. Nobody said anything. No one even looked at me weird that I was aware of. I mean, maybe when I left, they did, but I, and no, no one has said anything to me about working or, or anything. I have heard other people say things about other people that work or work out and, you know, live their life the way that they want. And so I know that it happens. And so I think to think that people aren't saying somewhere that people aren't saying that about me is kind of mm -hmm. naive. Like I'm quite sure that they are, but to me, they have not. I also haven't gotten any parenting advice or any, anything like that. And I just keep hearing, oh my gosh, wait till the parenting advice, wait till you get, you know, more pregnant. People are going to tell you all this. Wait till you go to the hospital. People are going to give you all this advice, nothing. And I, I think the only thing I can think of is that it's because I'm so outspoken that I don't care or want it. And I think that that vibe is received you know, mm -hmm. I'd be curious to know the people that do get a lot of parenting advice. Do they play along with it? Are they like, oh my gosh, that's so great. I love it. Thank you. I just, any tips are accepted. I'm not, I'm not like that. I'm like, I don't want your tips because it's going to stress me out. And also I don't care. So no, mm -hmm. not interested. You know, I'll, I'll search out the tips or I'll ask you specifically, but like, I don't know. I don't need a bunch of unsolicited advice thrown at me when I don't even know what's coming yet, you know? Mm -hmm. So and they have no, no, idea, no idea or don't know as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, mm -hmm. no one's, no one said anything. I do know someone that is taking six months off. She's due in a few weeks and she's taking six months off from her business. And she was like, you know, I didn't do this before and I regret it. And I missed bonding with my baby. Da, 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 da. And I was just like, Hmm, I wonder if she, has said things about me because she's so clearly like against working. But then mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Like, right, so I've, right. I've had, yeah, I've had, I've had some of those thoughts, but yeah, nobody said anything to me directly, but I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> well, something I think about I was saying that I was think, thinking who in life would, if a situation were happening, would give me the, be this, be this obnoxious and tell me, tell me things. It would it would just be just be my me family, be my grandma, grandma, and my parents mm -hmm. <laughs> give yeah. me advice. And yes, other than that, all my friends and all the people have decided to have my life. And I guess I decided I decided to have family in my life, life too. Are not a strange change or anything. I don't think any of them would be so good as to do those those things. So it also could yeah. potentially be built up a life around where people respect you, you and understand what you want and don't don't want. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, I'm, you know, I guess I didn't even really think about grandparents or parents giving unsolicited advice, but I feel like that's kind of their job. <laughs> right. That's, that's what's what they do. Sure. Um, yeah. Especially my grandma, my grandma's most ludicrous advice sometimes. It's like, what are you saying? Why would you? So it's, yeah. for me, it's those advice moments. It's easy for me to just roll up it because I'm not going to take it anyway. I think it's yeah. completely yep. crazy. Yep. Um, love my grandma. It's just, just old fashioned and sometimes. Yep. With uh, the working thing too, I know this podcast people listen. This is nothing, nothing to do with bleeding, but it is help for life. I feel like um, yeah. with working, we both work from home, right? We have our own businesses and it would be, be nice to Take, I don't know. I like I like maternity leave for pregnancy, but also part of me would feel 
a little bit bored. I don't know. It depends on the pregnancy. Let's say, say like, like I'm pregnant, had the baby, had the baby, and it was just all my time was being sucked by having a baby. And I probably would want time off. But for me, just my personality, I've never, never been a huge baby, baby person. So I think I would want adult time. I'd want per purpose work on my business. I would, I would want to completely quit my job. I like showing up to my business, business. So maybe that person that wanted the six months off, maybe, maybe she, she has a relationship with her business, but she's more okay taking time away, away from it. It seems like you, you enjoy your business. You show up to it. You like it. It's been a nice thing for you. So maybe you're not so eager to take just this long maternity break from it, or there's no need to do that, do that for you. Yes. And I also know that her husband makes a lot of money. Oh, so okay. she's a business owner. And I always think about this when I see business owners posting about things that they're buying and things that they're doing. I'm like, how much of that is yours? How much of that is your husband's? Because right. I'd just be curious to know the breakdown here. So <laughs> I know that she can... She also has several other children, so it's not just her thing, right? She, it's not just mm -hmm. her new baby. It's like she's got, she's momming it up hard with other kids as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, I can see why taking six months off. But again, she has the luxury of a, a husband with a great salary job that's just mm -hmm. kind of like, oh, I can take six months off. And it's like, okay, I'm going to bond with my baby. And what a luxury, right? Like yeah. what a luxury to get to do that. Uh, I don't, uh, <laughs> I yeah, don't, I mean. uh, so I, and, and it's, you know, again, it hasn't been motivated by fear or inadequacy or scarcity. It's just been like, like new clients have reached out to me we signed, they signed up with me and I'm working and I'm not going over. I'm not going crazy. Like I'm not trying to get a ton of new clients. I'm not launching any new groups. I'm like, I don't even know what I'm going to do in the next six months because I'm just feeling it out. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, I do, I do like working and I do like some sort of feeling a little bit of purpose. So, Again, I feel like I've created a schedule for myself for the next few months that feels very doable while raising a baby. Yeah, yeah, that's important. I, when you you were talking to people online, line and there has been good jobs. I it's another reminder to be really carefully careful. In in, in Libya, you know, you see people online as professionals, professionals posting stuff, and you have no idea what they're doing and behind and close right. to their bodies. It's, it's and not everyone one super ripped has has an eating burr, but uh, it, it's questionable, and you should always take it with a with a grain of And then business owner, I feel like in the coaching industry, I was like, oh, I'm on this vacation, I signed for this. 30k coaching program program again and, and it's okay where did where did you get that money and <laughs> you, you yeah. they make it seem like oh it's all for me and it, and it that's not the case that's that's not wrong i wish people were more, more transparent yeah but then people wouldn't sign up with them so that's <laughs> you know uh, like yeah. i know someone that has a, like it's it's a podcast all about money and like being rich and i know that it's not from her i know it's all her husband's money and it's just like i mean i don't know i try not to spend too much time going down that rabbit hole but you got yeah, exactly yeah, you right like yeah i do think that like my, my food stuff has um helped me with the comparison and coaching because it's just like 
what is the other part that's not being said? Like, what is the other side of this coin that we're not seeing? And so it's just that, I mean, that's even more of a reason to just really double down and focus on yourself. And I will say, I think that that's been a great thing about having a baby is it's just made me more... I didn't know that I could be more so on this, but like really just double down on me and what I want where it's just mm-hmm. like, Oh, I don't have time for that bullshit. Like I'm not interested. Like I now have another human. I'm stoked on this. I want, you know, money for this. I'm thinking about things in the future. Like I don't have the energy or the care to worry about what so-and-so is doing over there in her business or with her body or whatever. Like mm-hmm. it's just it re- has really helped just kind of quiet a lot of that outside noise and focus my my line of sight even smaller, which which is huge. I think that that's an, another huge reason why we don't feel good enough, why we get stressed out, why we feel like we're spinning is because we're trying to we're trying to please too many people or do too many things. And so it's just like, oh my gosh, let's drop all that dead weight and really just focus in on what's the most important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like what you said about focusing your your line of sight even sm- smaller, and it's something mm-hmm. I'm always trying to do. But but I'm much better at it. At it, we fail at it, and I think with the, with having a baby too, I always tell myself like the main. I'm, I don't feel like I want to have a baby right now, but even when I when I do want to have a baby, it's like oh, I'm, not, I'm not ready yet. Ready yet? All these things and. The nice thing about that and other life events is it really does just lazy your focus. And then it's it's like, no, we need to, f- need to focus on this. How do we, you suddenly, I feel like much better energy in your time because you understand this is important. This is not so important. And you just mm-hmm. from a bunch of bullshit, bullshit right away and mm-hmm. able to easily move on. So, so that's fantastic. Especially for, for people who are nervous about, I don't have the time. I don't know what to do. It's kind of like, well, when you get the situation, you make the time because it's important yes. for you. Yeah. I mean, this was the, this was the, main shifter for my own bulimia food stuff body obsession was when my mom died where i was like Mm. holy shit i have been literally obsessing and creating a life around this thing for 15 years it's it's been my sole purpose it's all i've focused on it's all i've spent money on and and you know my mom died suddenly out of the blue and i was just like i do not want to do this for another 15 years like it the Mm -hmm. the shortness and the fragility of our lives was like thrown in my face and that was another thing that really made me double down on what do i want for myself and because it's just you know it's like okay great so i have abs congratulate like okay you know Mm -hmm. and so it took it kind of took something like that for me to realize like i am so tired of this being my only purpose. I'm so tired of this being my main focus. And the other part was I really want something better. I really want because I I I could see the life that I wanted and I knew I was never going to be able to have it with my current relationship with food and body. There's just no way in hell. The the peace that I wanted, the fun that I wanted, the money that I wanted, the everything. I was just like I cannot have both. I have to decide. And so that life event was a huge kind of just shift in my own psyche about how I wanted to approach life and my relationship with food. 
Yeah, yeah, that's really great advice. Morality is something I don't like people. People, you know, there's always old people that will be like, life if it's short before you know it, you're gonna wake up and up and regret it. I hate that. That that's somebody telling me I'm super anxious person, and it's like great right, now. Yeah. I think, think about what I do for the rest of my life. <laughs> but I, I think a little some mortality every once in a while is actually, actually really helpful. Sometimes, yeah, in my moments where I'm panicking pan- pan- about that, I do think. You know, you're going to be dead someday. Someday you're. I love. I love looking at space things. And for some reason, mm-hmm. on Instagram, not always, but it's something that's just so far beyond our world. World. So out, outside of the gritty and posting Instagram money fictitious yeah. stuff that humans make up, and it reminds me, right. I'm on a planet. We we might die someday. Uh, we will someday and we don't know when it's going to end like life is a gift really and just yeah. enjoy it and then then some things so yeah. it gets brilliant but, but yeah. i know we're kind of abruptly cutting things off but well i don't want to i want to keep you forever <laughs> i'm tired so to wrap things up where can people find you at renee they can find me on instagram at renee sager and also my website at reneesager.com Okay, I also awesome. have a podcast, The Baldy Broadcast, if people are interested in that, too. I like the rebrand of that. And I like Thank that you. You, you still don't talk about body stuff and things like that, but it's more just all out comments and being yourself. Yeah, yeah I love it. I love it. Thank mm-hmm. you. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Well, Renee, it's been a pleasure per usual. Stop, stop the podcast. Thank you. Thank you guys listening. <laughs> Everyone out there. Hey, if you found this episode helpful, check out my website at bingebreakers.com. It has free courses, awesome group coaching, and private coaching available to you right now.